It is with deepest pride and greatest pleasure that we welcome you tonight. And now we invite you to relax. Let us pull up a chair as we three geeks proudly present our podcast. Welcome to this happy podcast. I'm your host, Matt Palmer, joined by my co-hosts, John Grasso and Paul Jarzembalski. Welcome to this happy podcast. Hey, fellas. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Well, thank you, Matt. That was uh, that opening was a surprise to all of us, so I had to go on mute. Thank you. That was <laughs> fantastic. Paul, how you doing? I'm doing great, uh, but my my forks and spoons and dishes aren't dancing yet, but maybe perhaps they will by the end of this podcast. Mm, yeah, I'd like to report a bug, Matt. That's not happening here either. Uh, oh, no. We have to do it again. Well, I'll uh, contact the Imagineers out in Glendale and see if we can get that fixed. If they could do it for Tokyo Disney, they could do it here in Milford. So that's all I'm saying. Seriously. Eat the gray stuff. It's delicious. I would like to try. I actually never had. We're talking about food. I've never had the gray stuff at Magic Kingdom. Have you, have you guys had the gray stuff? Is the gray stuff delicious? I've never been in that restaurant. Oh, it's good. I, I'm a little scared to go in that restaurant. The gray stuff is, um, it's, it's, it's good. Um, it, I mean, it's gray. It's like a, I guess it's like a meringue or it's like a, like a pudding or something like that. But it, I don't know if I've had other delicious things. I think it is tasty, <laughs> but it's not delicious. TM. In my, <laughs> okay, humble, opinion, in my humble opinion, it is tasty. <laughs> which 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 in my category is like like maybe two or three categories beneath delicious oh so. my goodness but that doesn't rhyme very well in the song no it really doesn't try the gray stuff it's tasty <laughs> poor howard ashman and uh alan mankman mankin they like dreamed up the gray stuff many years ago and little did they know that walt disney world would actually make it a reality and mail it in it's uh, just tasty just Tasty. I, I feel like, you know what? Pack it up, guys. Pod is over today. Can't do it. If it's not delicious, I, my whole life is a lie. I'll tell you what is delicious, though. What Disney was able to create was blue milk. I haven't had that yet either. Blue milk is delicious. That's very divisive, too. Is it yeah. the blue milk or the green milk that everybody loves? It's blue milk, right? Blue milk most people like, yeah. The green, the, it, it, there are different tastes, um, you know. Uh, but I would I prefer the blue, so the blue stuff it's delicious. Well done, well done. So, guys, I know that we were chatting offline today, and I think we were talking a little bit about last week's show. Paul, you said you wanted to circle back to something. You know, I was thinking a lot about when I walking into Epcot and why that particular entrance and that particular even the monorail and all that. I feel like it really takes me back to the 1980s. Like I was thinking all week how, like if I could go back in time, it would be like, I would like to live the years 1982 to 1986 over again. So would um, Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> but go on. Yeah, but go on. You're going mean, to win state. I mean, I get to watch, you know, we get to watch Mary Lou Retton at the 1984 Los Angeles Olympics again. We get to be at the opening of Epcot Center in 1982. Um, you know, we get to watch Star Trek 
uh, two, three, and four. Um, so that's pretty exciting. Well, when you say we, you say you and Matt, because I was not alive for. I'm taking you with me. To my, I'm taking you with me in my DeLorean. Oh, that would be great. That would be Which, great. Which, by the way, also 1985. As so long as see, I don't see my parents, that's all like I matters to me. But there's you gotta, some... you gotta help them get married. That's right. That's right. Maybe that's part <laughs> of my story all along. If they don't kiss at the Enchantment Under the Sea dance. Who knows if John joins? I'll just start podcast. fading away. <laughs> so you're whatever already... you do, do not get in the car with your mom. You know, <laughs> God, please <laughs> can't relive that scene. So, Paul, you're you're living in the Stranger Things sweet spot. I really am. Yeah, you. yeah. I mean, the, the other thing too I found is that like I am a huge space junkie. I love space stuff. And I was thinking about just like that 1980s space shuttle, like NASA kind of really, that was some of, that was like the second golden years. Well, I guess there was the golden years, which was like the space race. I guess this would be the silver era, you know, which is, you know, like the space shuttle years where like, you know, just everything was, you know, space camp came out, you know, like that kind of stuff. <laughs> I, I don't know how this has happened but this is the second space cam reference i've encountered in the wild in the last week and i don't know what it is everybody's feeling the space camp love it's a great movie john's like that came out before i was born <laughs> you guys can't see it but that's the topic going over my head john just for the audience's knowledge were you born before or after Bill Clinton was inaugurated president of the United States? Uh, let's see. He was inaugurated. It was the, was it the election of 92? So he was inaugurated 93 in January? Yes. Just before. Oh, dear God. Thank, thank the Lord. At least like... <laughs> like, like, like well before the age of reason. I, I, I was a youngin. For a second there, I thought like we were gonna like realize that we had a bush baby. No, 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 no. <laughs> so, are, did we completely derail you from from your your point there, Paul? And I was kind of hoping you would actually, because you know I, that that's what it, this this is all just simply fodder <laughs> for you to just enjoy and to riff off of, which I think I appreciate. But just kind of you know whatever if, if my nostalgia can do that for you I, I appreciate that but no i was just really like i just absolutely fell in love with that particular time era in mm -hmm. my life it, you know my, my own history um you know so i think epcot just epcot to me speaks the 80s now i know it was built in the 80s but it just has that beautiful 80s charm to it um you know like magic kingdom was built in the 70s you know, Epcot is an 80s park. Um, and it really is. I mean, some of the most, you know, and some of the things that stick around today that we sometimes are nostalgic about for it. Like, like I'm sorry, you can't ride the land ride knowing that that was an opening, an Epcot opening day attraction. And it has not changed all that much since the first ship sailed on that little uh, that little way through the land ride. So, like, somehow I've never ridden that. I've, I've watched plenty of YouTube clips of it. Really? The land. It, yeah. it is relaxing. I, oh. I have to say, I, it's the, I, it's the people mover of Epcot. It is. It absolutely is. That is a because <laughs> there's never really a wait. If it is, it's ten minutes. You get on. You just 
I mean, that, all, that ride does always make me hungry, though. It like, does. Oh, not yeah, until we get to, then we get to the fish, and I'm not so hungry. So You're not we a fish should, lover. No. Yeah. We should contact Epcot and ask if we can do a poster for the land where it just says, frequent guest Paul Jarzembowski raves, it's the people mover of Epcot. <laughs> and tell me that would not get more people on that ride because the people mover is a very popular ride at, at, at the Magic Kingdom. So, um, but actually maybe I shouldn't because then more people would be in line and I'd have to wait longer to get on, but it really is. I've, you know, it's, a, yeah, it's beautiful. Anyway, so the whole Epcot experience, in fact, I'm even, I'm even, nice. I'm even sporting the colors uh, while I'm doing this podcast, wearing my Epcot shirt, you know, so. You are out. all in. You, oh. you have put in all your chips on Epcot. He's got the Absolutely. ears on and everything. I feel really, really inadequate right now. I, I thought I put on a Disney World shirt, but I did not. You just, you went all in today. You're all ears. And I, I hazard a guess, Matt, that the uh, Hawaiian shirt that he's currently wearing might just tip us off to his favorite food. But Paul, you're not first. I believe Matt is first this I week. I believe so. Why don't we get into it? Because I'm starting to get a little hungry and I'd like to hear a little bit about what some of you are thinking. And, you know, Matt, I'm going to turn the table on you. Thank you for asking me and my reflection. But what about you? What what makes you happy and hungry? That's right. Today's topic is favorite food. Um, all right. I'm going to set the scene. I'm going to go full Jarzembowski. Monorail I, red. Let's go. Yes. It's all about monorail red. Um, and I arrive at Epcot. No, no. It's not about Epcot. It's not about the ball at Epcot. Um, so I'm going to take you back. About 12 years ago, my wife, my now wife and I were at Disneyland in California, and I discovered this magical treat in the middle of the New Orleans section of Disneyland, their Magic Kingdom, the Mickey-shaped beignets, oh. which at that point in my life, I had, I don't believe had had a beignet prior to that. Um, since I've been to Cafe Du Monde in, in New Orleans. But I remember biting into those and my life just sort of changed. I was like, I have to propose to this woman. She's, she's here in this moment where like truly something transcendent is happening. And then as I, as I devoured those, I realized I, I need more, but I, I held off. So then two years ago, we planned the trip to Disney World. And I was like, oh, Mickey-shaped beignets. And then I realized there is no New Orleans section to the Magic Kingdom. And then I was like, oh, no. Oh, no, there's no beignets. But my beautiful wife came through in the clutch during the planning of this trip. She planned for us to stay at the Port Orleans Resort um, at Walt Disney World. We stayed at the river, uh, at the riverfront section, but over in the French Quarter section at the time, their dining hall had Mickey-shaped beignets. So the first day that we were up for breakfast, I got my children up like way too early. We were going to Magic Kingdom and I was like, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. We're going to go get Mickey-shaped Mickey beignets. And they were like, what are beignets? And then we get them 
And they look at them and they say, do we have to bite in the Mickey? And I was like, yes, yes, full on, go for the ears, go for the ears. And then I watched their, their eyes just go wide. I and can their show you the world. Oh my gosh. I went full Aladdin. And they got on my magic carpet ride and they were just transformed. And now, like, if they see beignets on a menu somewhere, they're all in. Um, we went to Popeye's and they were like, wait a second, wait a second. There's chocolate, chocolate filled beignets. Do they have ears? And I'm like, no, they don't have ears. But my wife's booking of the, the Port Orleans Resort might have made my trip. Or that, that was the real to- tone setter for me, was getting those beignets. I was like, okay, all right, bring on the mouse. Bring on the mouse. I want to bite his ears everywhere. Um, those things, if you've never had beignets, um, for, the, for the audience listening, they're like they're New Orleans donuts, essentially. Uh, you put powdered sugar on them, and then they just become just something otherworldly. Pair them with something like a, a chocolate milk. I mean, and and right right then and there, you're six years old all over again. Mm. So, the Mickey shaped beignets are my favorite food item at the Disney resorts, both on the West Coast and on the East Coast. So, Matt, it does it have to be chocolate milk? For instance, if a certain somebody on this podcast who shall remain nameless had a spiritual ex- uh, experience eating a Mickey beignet in New Orleans Square while drinking a mint julep, is that appropriate or allowed? Or does it have to be chocolate milk? That is allowed because if you're going to Disneyland, if you go to Disneyland, it's at the mint julep cafe. So the natural, the na- it's a naturally paired item. I, I, I fully endorse if you want to go deviate from the chocolate milk, that's fine. I know in New Orleans, they like to pair their beignets with the, the coffee with chicory in it. Ooh. But for me, a nice simple chocolate milk with a beignet will just absolutely be transcendent. Mm. Um, and when my wife listens to this podcast, she'll absolutely think this is the most predictable thing I will ever do in my life is wax poetic about beignets now will it matter also where you eat it like like is there a certain charm to what you're doing or what you're seeing or what you're feeling smelling taste well we're obviously tasting the beignet but of all the other senses like do they like this is there is there a is there an ideal combination of what you're experiencing now in this in this comparison uh, I'll outright say that California wins going away, even though they serve the same item. Mm-hmm. Because if you're sitting at the Mint Julep Cafe in Disneyland, yeah, you are sitting in the New Orleans section. Mm. You you see the water and the Mark Twain um, riverboat. You see you're near the Haunted Mansion. You're near Pirates of the Caribbean. You're feeling this southern charm just wash all over you in a very small section of the park um but there's just if you come off something like the haunted mansion with its beautiful new orleans inspired theming and you sit there and you have a beignet good luck topping that Mm. and it's a little bit different when you're sitting in a cafeteria with a bunch of people like eager to go to a park at at disney world 
Um, it's not quite the same setting, even though they have a well-themed resort with the French Quarter there. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, um, if you're in the, the on the West Coast, you just can't pass up that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, so as a pure food item at Walt Disney World, I'll take those beignets any day mm-hmm. of the week. But uh, if you're out on the West Coast and you're at Walt's original Magic Kingdom, you got to do it. You got to do it. Oh, yeah. Uh, here's the problem with that, Matt. They're hidden away at uh, was it French Quarter. They're hidden away there. So I'd yep. have to make a trip to get them. When I'm in Disneyland and I pass by where the beignets are, I get them every time. It becomes a problem. Like I can't go to the Haunted Mansion and Pirates of the Caribbean. I'm like, I'm close enough. I could do it. Oh yeah, like outstanding it, choice. It's it, it's a tractor beam of deliciousness mm. that calls you, and you you're helpless, absolutely helpless. And and I sympathize with your inability to resist those beignets. Well, I feel validated. I'm gonna make sure Nicole listens to this episode. <laughs> Does she doubt? your love of beignets or no she she knows i love i love beignets but you know there'll be times where i am enchanted by any disney food i'm like i want this a second or third time and she's like really do we want to have it a second or third time you know usually she's very affirming of my of my snack choices but sometimes i get a little bit hooked right like we're going to talk about this in a second but i i like to sample but sometimes i get distracted with one thing so actually it ends up being a good thing that she directs me at least she did in Disneyland. It was like, we had beignets twice today. Why don't we get, you want popcorn? You love popcorn. Why don't we get popcorn? It's like, oh, I do love popcorn. I will get some. That's when you say, and I, I, I hope Nicole doesn't hear this part. You, you just say, go get that popcorn. I'll be right over. <laughs> and sneak a beignet. <laughs> you sneak a beignet. Oh my gosh. Well, you know, she's <laughs> not looking. Oh, she was a trooper though. When we were in Disneyland, I, we, we went back to that spot multiple times. <laughs> Good show. Oh, now uh, again, this is the problem with this topic. Oh, I'm not going to be able to go to bed because I'm, I'm craving. craving well, we, got, we got to hold your feet to the flames. So right now, John, I'm putting you on the spot. What's your favorite food item? Okay, so it's going to be a cop-out. It's Dole Whip. It's always been Dole Whip. It was Dole Whip before I was born. It'll be Dole Whip after I die. Um, and so, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I'm the stereotypical Disney fan that loves pineapple Dole Whip. And I know it's probably just some powder. They mix in the soft serve, but that powder has magic in it. It is incredible. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I, I was talking to my little brother today, and I said, I, I, I have legitimately no idea what I'm going to say. Is it the school bread at Norway with a little coconut that I, <laughs> Is it the caramel pecan bars at the caramel place in Germany? And then he said, well, your first two episodes, all you did was talk about Epcot. That's true. And then I thought, you know, I'm trying to think of, is it zebra domes at Animal Kingdom Lodge? No, no. Is it popcorn? No, I mean, Disney popcorn is special. It's Dole Whip. It's Dole Whip. And it's, now yes, it's kind of crazy. Everyone knows about Dole Whip. The secret is out. It's been out for a long time. Um, and so Aloha Isle and Adventureland is quite busy and not really a fun place to be around, especially because you have the Aladdin carpets there. It's sort of a busy pass through. But Dole Whip right. at the Polynesian. Dole Whip at the Polynesian. 
you know, right after dinner, Nicole and I are big ice cream people. Now Dolop is not ice cream, but Dolop is ice cream adjacent. And so right after, right <laughs> after dinner, you pop out of the Polynesian, you grab a Dole Whip, go sit on the beach, wait for the sun to go down, watch the fireworks. I mean... You can't wait that long, by the way, when you're eating a Dole Whip, though, in that Florida heat. So two? I hope that you get the... You get two? <laughs> I is don't it know. Two? Is you, it... Is you it, gotta have a... You gotta have, like, a cooler pack with you. Those things... Oh, yeah. So here's my problem here, too. I'm a Dole Whip float kind of guy. Dole Whip float kind of guy. For me, there's only two acceptable versions. It's twist, vanilla, and pineapple, or all pineapple. I saw somebody, and I almost, I almost actually had to comment. You know, we were in the park, and they got pineapple juice with just vanilla soft serve. And I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing with your life? That's not Dole Whip. That's, you could get that at Dairy Queen. No, no, no. We don't do that here. Sometimes they will have a a little treat there at that at some of those places where they sell the Dole Whip, where they will actually mix orange and pineapple Ooh. to do an orange pineapple twist. I I would I will I, if that is available. I would challenge you to have the orange pineapple twist in pineapple juice. Mm. See, I would try that because I'm adventurous. I'm an adventurous Dole Whip eater. I had the key lime Dole Whip at the Peter the Peter Pan float. Which, by the way, deceptively good, I think. I had the hey hey cone, which was the hey hey cone is fantastic. What was the hey hey cone again? It was raspberry and what else? It was well, it was blue. It was red. It was so it was blueberry, raspberry. It had like a little like gummy thing. Oh, did it have crazy eyes? Yeah, the crazy eyes. It did have the crazy eyes. The hey hey cone was. Is it still there? I hope it's still there. I don't think so. No, the hey hey cone was only there for a limited time. I think it was the hey hey cone. Yeah, it was great. It's, yes, a, it's I mean, a riff on Dole Whip. Hmm? It's a riff on Dole Whip. It is it's a riff on Dole Whip. So I like to try, I mean, uh, it's sacrilege, but like I like to try all the different Oreo flavors. Like if I find something I really like, I'm willing to branch out. Now there's nothing like the original. Ain't nothing like the real thing. But uh, <laughs> with Dole Whip, with Dole Whip um, I like to try all the new stuff. So of course I've been anxiously awaiting my return back to Disney World and my return to the Polynesia, where they have coconut Dole Whip now. Can you imagine coconut pineapple? Mm. There's a lot of options. A lot of options. So let me ask you this: If you're at, if you're at the Magic Kingdom, and you got Dole Whip, do you do any other ice cream throughout the day while you're roaming the park? Yes, because Dole Whip is not ice cream. It's ice cream adjacent. And Why I is have ice cream adjacent. <laughs> Explain to me. Ice cream adjacent. Like okay. If you had, um, do you guys consider, I mean, it's not, Dole Whip is not frozen yo- yogurt. Dole Whip is Dole Whip, but frozen yogurt, ice cream adjacent. Popsicles, ice cream adjacent. I would even go so far as those, those Mickey ice cream bars. If I'm not eating it out of a spoon or licking it off a cone, I think it's probably just ice cream adjacent. So any now, ice is cream that, bar is ice cream adjacent? Now, is that a justification for me to eat more ice cream? I think it Probably. is. Probably. I think it is. You need to talk to somebody about this. <laughs> I, I have been known. I have been known. I might have done this when I was recently in Rome to have ice cream multiple times a day. Might have had three gelato when I was in Rome. Might have done one right after breakfast. Is gelato ice cream adjacent? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think gelato is ice cream adjacent. Well, I, I it's mean, not actually ice cream. Correct. It's soft serve ice cream adjacent. yeah I, was, I think is are what you're getting at that soft serve is not ice cream 
So, so soft, no, 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 no. No, I think soft serve is ice cream, but Dole Whip is Dole Whip. The end. I'm not so, saying it makes sense. Like, I'm saying that's my system. That's your system. It's, a, it's not a system that makes much logical sense, but you know what? You do you. Paul, it lets me eat ice cream multiple times a day. So, What so, other ice cream would you give it? Like if you, okay, so if you're at Magic Kingdom. Oh, so if I'm at Magic Kingdom, right? Yeah, I've done Magic other, Kingdom and I leave, right? So you go in, you have your wonderful day. It's getting a little crowded. You had your lunch, it's getting a little hot. I want to go back to the pool. Dole Whip on the way out, right? Get back to the pool, you relax. Then you go out to dinner and it's like, well, sure. Ample Hills, which is now closed, is right there. Or Cape, you know, the, um, the I can't believe the name is escaping me. The uh, place on Crescent Lake, uh, be- the Beaches and Cream is right here. Yeah. I could have a cone. Well, that's in one day. Like but uh, Matt, were you asking like in one, like, like if you're walking around the park? Oh, no, yeah. no, no. I don't do, I will, you can have another ice cream throughout the day. If you, st- if I stayed in the Magic Kingdom, right? Like, let's say I was doing one of those marathon days. Yeah, I'll have a Mickey ice cream bar or something later. Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. So yeah, the answer is yes. If the answer is, am I going to have more ice cream? The answer is yes. Okay. So, so just to give you a, a little insight into my mother-in-law, she's a planner, like a, a, just overall a planner. Um, she's not, she's not a micromanager or anything like that. But one of the, her strategies with her children at Disney World and then with her grandchildren was to have rather than spend a lot of money on food like a breakfast lunch and dinner at a park she her strategy was have an intervening ice cream snack that sort of gets in the way so that you have one big meal so her ice cream strategy meant there were a ton a ton of Mickey ice cream bars consumed by the Palmer family glorious in 2019 uh, and also Dole Whips. Uh, now, what I've learned in conversing with you is that I had a ton of ice cream adjacent treats, but not actually ice cream. So guilt-free. So yeah, okay, all right. So when I, when I tell my mother-in-law strategy i'll just say listen i know you've been referring to it as ice cream (laughs) but henceforth ice cream adjacent ice cream adjacent yeah absolutely it's flawless system clearly with no uh cracks and and clearly there's uh, nothing wrong with it but uh like i said it doesn't make sense but it works when we have our social accounts set up for this podcast we will need to have people reply to us with yes dole whip is an ice cream or yes it is ice cream adjacent so we put that to our social media uh followers when the accounts are set up and when we have these loaded into our descriptions hashtag this happy pod use the hashtag but also is dole whip an actual ice cream or is it adjacent you're a pot stirrer john i think you would be very surprised at the kind of reaction i think it's going to be pretty split much like how everything is very polarized in this country i think that debate is going to strike a real nerve here and i i'm worried i'm turning off potential listeners by coming down so hard on one side 
but there are two other people on this podcast for whom they could at least feel like they can they can gravitate to to feel if they aren't feeling so much your am i the pod villain now is that what's happening this was a heel turn Mm. yeah you came through when this podcast with a couple folding chairs and you just hit them on the back of the back of our heads (laughs) well what can i say now i the question i have for you as well is um if you were again i want to go back to the same question i asked matt earlier which is um if you were like if, if you found a recipe if your local dairy queen was able to produce a dole whip experience or at least a dole whip food item and you had that anywhere else but the polynesian or but adventureland how would it taste? Would it, does it need, do you need to have the mix of being in Adventureland, being in the Polynesian or being on Disney property, or is it the food itself for you? I'm just curious. So I have an answer to this. I I do. So my wonderful, incredible wife will, we go to, we love, one of the things we love to do, which is again, going to absolutely shock you guys. So prepare yourselves is find local ice cream joints as one does. And a lot of them have been adopting Dole Whip. You know, why? No idea. And she's always wonderful. You know, they have Dole Whip here and I never get it. I just never get it. You have to be either on Disney property or the one time I broke was when we were in Maui. Then you could get Dole Whip. Then, I mean, that's really where it originated anyway. So, um, yeah, I went to the Dole Plantation. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, You're allowed to get Dole Whip there. They had an they had an adjacent shop um, that had all of these treats plus more. Um, So I like, that was one of those experiences where when I had it there and then I went to Disneyland and Disney world, I was like, Oh, and then when I heard everybody making a huge deal about it, I was like, okay, all right. Now here's my opinion. You can't have a Dole Whip if you haven't done the Enchanted Tiki Room. Agreed. And then when you could do it in Disney, no, Nicole and I both agreed after we stepped out, we got, and when we were in Disneyland, we got Dole Whip floats and watched the Tiki Room because you could take them in there. Flawless experience, shut everything else down. Or yeah. do it that way. I didn't actually realize you could. You could. It is just glorious. It is glorious to be taking that first bite of Dole Whip as you hear the Tiki Room. So, oh, That's good to know. That's very good to know because, Glorious. you know, normally most places you really can't take, like you can't take food on the rides and stuff like that. So that would be a... Uh, At Disneyland, uh, they all get their Dole Whip while they're waiting in line for the Tiki Room. It's incredible. Yeah, you, you have to wait to take your first bite right, and then you take the first bite right when they wake up the Glee Club. Yes. Once they've woken up the Glee Club, then you can, then you can partake. Again, I, I want to reiterate something I said earlier. You, you, you're both talking about patiently waiting. You <laughs> have you not been to Florida? The tiki room is air conditioned, Paul. But you got to. But sometimes you got. So you got to time it just right. That's true. So that you're not waiting for like 15 minutes in that uh, in that line to get into the global you know. ordering. Well, yeah, but you got to again. You got to time. You got to right. look at what time the 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 the, the tiki room starting, because as I said, I've. I, as you can tell, I've had 
some unfortunate experiences with my Dole Whip or other ice cream treats in the yeah, Florida say, heat. Paul, do you, do you want to tell us about that? Is, is, do you want to tell us about your unfortunate experiences? Is that a segue? No, or it's we... really not because this is our this is our happy podcast, not, <laughs> our, not our unfortunate experience podcast. Maybe one one like Halloween that should be the episode is your unfortunate yes. experiences in Disney. Poor unfortunate experiences. Poor unfortunate experiences. So, Paul, when when you do get around to sharing that experience, we will make sure that we edit in some very sad, sappy music. As you recount the tale, maybe maybe even a little French sounding. Oh yeah! Wow. But for so, now, can you tell us about your happy food? Right. And why is it Dole Whip? <laughs> it's not actually Dole. I do love Dole Whip. I don't want to take that from you, my friend. Um, I actually have a. This was perhaps one of the more. This was a very agonizing week as I was reflecting on this. I reflected day in and day out on this question, which is why I kept asking you about it because I wanted to confirm. Because um, it was a, there was a lot. So as you both a lot of consternation. Oh, there was I was like, I don't think he's going to do this podcast. I was worried about you showing up today. <laughs> well, the problem is not a problem. Okay, so you know, I I. I I go to Disney frequently. Um, I go several times a year, um, which also means I dine at Disney several times a year. I've been to many restaurants and choosing a dish, choosing a place, choosing something was very challenging. Um, I went through a lot. Um, One that I can just briefly say a a very close runner up for me um, is date night. uh, date night at the Nar- Narcusis. Um, they have the most delicious swordfish, uh, fillet, and strip steaks. Um, and if you're, if you really have, if you really want to drop a lot of cash, then order all three and just keep, you know, share amongst yourselves. Um, but there, it, it, it's beautiful food, and you, and it's, and it's the opportunity to dress up at Disney. Now, many people don't dress up nowadays, but we make a date night of it. We bring a nice, you know, so so that charm of being able to dine on some of that food uh, is certainly something very special to me because it's, I've, I've had many great date nights at Disney uh, with my wife. And then, you know, we did it on our honeymoon. We did it for many years since. Um, and it's always great to do it in the evening. And then afterwards you take the boat or take a monorail over to the Magic Kingdom and, you know, dressed up, you take some pictures along Main Street uh, and then you ride rides looking your finest. You know, it's like it's like your own dapper day um, just for that evening. I love that. Uh, and, it, and, you know, the nice thing about it is nobody looks strange at you while you're doing that, by the way. So that was a close runner up because it is a very special experience. But um, one thing that kind of kept coming back to me is that there's a lot of commonalities of what, so you guys went 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 um, went sweet. I'm going to go a little salty um, uh, in the sodium version, not not being you know disagreeable or anything. No, but, that save that for Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know a more savory, maybe I should say. So one of the things this is an odd thing for people is I actually love in the floor. I, I was talking about the Florida heat, but one unique thing I like to have in the Florida heat is a hot bowl of soup. What? Uh, I am an odd bird in that sense that I do enjoy. Uh, I do enjoy soup. Soups are one of my favorite foods, just period. It was part, it's part of my cultural heritage and um, soups are just something that are, you know, and so I, uh, 
look for good soups. Um, there's the Hararia soup at uh, Restaurant Marrakesh. Uh, there is the wonton soup at Yak and Yeti. Uh, there is the, um, the miso soup at, uh, at, at the Tapon Edo in Japan. So there's a couple of soups that are really worth it. But one of the soups that I really love is the dashi bowl at the Polynesian. Um, and so let me create the seed. So the Polynesian itself, of course, is one of my, if not my favorite resort at Disney. That's why I'm, uh, you know, dressed, uh, I'm wearing a Hawaiian shirt for those who uh, are just listening. <laughs> You're going to a luau after this. I'm going to go to a luau after this. But the, the dashi bowl soup at, uh, at a Polynesian is just fantastic. It's a dashi bowl is a mushroom based soup. Um, it's got some, it's got often clear noodles. Um, uh, it's got a, several vegetables. Um, sometimes they throw an egg in there. I don't know why they throw eggs in soup, but that's, that's a whole other podcast about why people throw eggs in soup, but whatever. <laughs> um, but anyway, you can get, you can get a variety of these things at the, and it's at the Kona cafe. Um, but what I like about it is that it also combines several of the experiences you could perhaps after that soup get the uh your 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 proximate to the pineapple lanai where you could get the dole whip uh you can uh you might be able to get um uh sushi at the uh, kona island uh, which is a great mm. which is a great complement to the dashi bowl soup or uh you can get yourself uh one of my favorite drink to go with which is the lapu lapu at the tambu lounge sometimes you can actually you can order it and actually, what I sometimes like to do is the 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 the, the lapu lapu is a pineapple drink. Um, it's it's a uh, it's rum. Although I sometimes substitute it with vodka because I really like vodka um, and uh, pineapple That's and fruit choice. juices. Um, and they they serve it in a pineapple so that you can uh, you can drink it there at the Polynesian while you're having your dashi bowl soup. Wait, time um, out, time out. Do you just have that on hand? You the, look down for a second. What you missed was the pineapple came sliding in risky business style. Oh my goodness. I looked down for one second. It like skidded across the table and I old time rock and roll was playing in my head. I did. I did indeed bring the pineapple with me. So not only am I dressed in my Hawaiian luau shirt and my Mickey ears, but um, I have my, my, my drink in a, uh, in a, in a hollowed out uh, pineapple. Um, Gosh, Matt, because... you and I are playing for second on this podcast. What are we doing? But I was it's talking great... about beignets and this guy brought props. I got props, but it, it complements the dashi soup. So that's the thing. You get this wonderful, savory, warm soup, but you complement it with the Lapu Lapu drink while you're at there at the Tambu Lounge, mm. looking out through Ohana Restaurant towards the Magic Kingdom, uh, you see over Seven Seas Lagoon. Uh, you see the castle glimmering in the distance. While again, you're sipping on your drink, having your dashi bowl soup. Um, you know, for me, there's a lot of there's an I mean, there's a lot of nostalgia with the Polynesian. And we will talk about it probably when we talk about resorts. But you know, the Poly is the place. I mean, I went there and. We went there in 79 and 1980. Uh, Is that your first Disney resort, Paul? The first one, I can't remember if it, I think we stayed like like three days of the contemporary and three days of the Polynesian. Okay. We, 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 I think that was like my first time we were there with my parents. Back when you could afford the 
the the Polynesian and the contemporary to stay on a family budget. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so we stayed there uh, at that time. So it was it, it has a lot of memory for me. But then it's also a place where uh, where Sarah and I now, since we own uh, DVC property, we own it at the, the Polynesian. So we actually have, you know, we, we own a piece of the Polynesian now. So it's got that, you know, so not only is it a nostalgia, but it's also the current reality, but having the food there, it's, it's again, part of that experience, the, the Hawaiian music playing, uh, you know, the, the, the smell of the plants in the lobby, uh, at the Polynesian, um, just the ambiance there. Um, it, it, it that soup is great, but that's why I kept asking you both about the ambiance, because for me, the food is is fine. I mean, I'm not saying this is the best soup you'll have in the world. It's, it's not. But combined with the ambiance, the fact that you're getting a, a beautiful soup to have in warm central Floridian weather, but in the Polynesian resort, that's priceless for me. Um, it's that it's that whole package experience that really does it for me. And which is why even like I even like to recreate it here just so that I can have that experience. But anyway, I feel like I'm having that experience by proxy. Yeah. I got to say I'm rejecting that experience. Uh, Cause I'm not a soup person. So my first question is Paul, number one, how dare you? <laughs> uh, number two, how dare you some more? Um, I did not have soup being brought up on this podcast this episode i would have lost money i just how like seriously what what is it like i know you went wax po you 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 shared all these details but i'm like what is inside of you that makes you desire soup in the middle of florida it is 85 degrees and humid paul's like hmm Soup for soup. Give me mushrooms. Yes, who has mushroom liquid. soup? I'm telling you, it it's uh um yeah, if I can, I will. There was one I went on a once a a, a I went to Cozumel on the beach in Mexico, very oh, warm yeah. there. And the thing I wanted was seafood soup because Mexican seafood soup is delicious. And I wanted I mean, to have it on the beach. Fair. But on the I wanted beach? to have it on the beach in the warm, you know, but everyone else is having these nice, cool things. I'm having soup. I, you know, it's ingrained with me. It's, it's call it my cultural heritage. Blame my grandparents. They, See, um, I, I, I'm, I'm all for cultural heritage, but like you, Paul, if you got on here and said, you know what, there's nothing like a December mid out mid December morning or mid December evening at the wilderness lodge. And I have a bowl of soup and I'm sitting by the fireplace and it's actually cold you know, it makes sense, doesn't it? That makes sense. But you I am here a tropical to resort, hot, Mm-mm, some boiling hot soup. Just to- but you know, I must not be the only one because the <laughs> Polynesian has kept it on their menu for years. That's true. So there I are mean, others out there who have ordered it. Got to be selling. What will you do? Question: What will you do one day when you show up and they have yanked? the soup off the menu. I would revolt. Well, as I mentioned, there are other soups on property. As long (laughs) as they don't take the other soups from me, 
I'll have to create a whole scene. I mean, believe me, I do enjoy Japan going to get that, uh, you know, that soup uh, there or Yak and Yeti or, you know, or Morocco, you know, but if they took all of the soups off, yeah, no, that would, that would, that would kind of be sad, but that I- That was a deep track. Like what we're talking about, like I did Dole Whip, which is like, you know, the number one hit of, of, of the- uh, Oh yeah, of totally not. Era. Soup is like a B-list, not well sold album from like four albums in that they brushed past to get to the next one. You know what? This is why I love this podcast. Um, you know, at Food and Wine Fest, occasionally there will be a booth that does serve soup with the other stuff. It's it's rare. Um, I mean, I know, for instance, Canada always serves uh, the the uh, the cheddar cheddar cheese soup. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. And I will be getting that when we're there. By the way, so I, I I I'm throwing stones like with reckless abandon, and here I am going to be grabbing soup. The irony there, I can't. Well, I can't do cheeses, so I don't do the cheddar cheese soup. So. Um, so you have the soup in my stead uh, there. Uh, I will, we'll just stroll on over to Morocco so we can get you taken care of. Yeah. So Paul, like, I, I apologize, but I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting there thinking of like an eight-year-old version of you sitting in Disney World. Like every, all kids your age are running to rides and you're in like a bow tie with oh my a coat. Are you like imagining me like Alex P. Keaton or something like that? Yes. And you are eating soup. Little little Paul Jarzembowski in 1979. Just eating soup. I could see that too, Matt. Eight-year-old Paul Jarzembowski bow tie. His parents just took him on a, on a lovely trip, you know, and through the Magic Kingdom or Epcot. And they say, Paul, you've been so good today. Would you like an ice cream? And he says, no. I would like some soup, though. Give me all the mushrooms, mom and dad. All the mushrooms. <laughs> the sad thing is, is aside from the bow tie thing, for which I hardly <laughs> ever wear bow ties, by the way. I don't think, I think I wore one for my wedding. And then I think, you know, prom. And that's about the extent of it. Maybe one or other, other dates I had. But aside from that, no. You wore a bow tie on a, wow. On a date? Oh, yeah. Well, we won't get into it. But that's a, that's a whole story in and of itself. With my, my, neck wife. Is too, my neck is too tall for bow ties. I give you full permission to throw something at me the next time you see me. But like it, when I said eight-year-old Paul Jarzembowski, I was picturing young Carl Fredrickson from Up when he meets like, meets his wife. Like okay. that's what I had you, in my head. You know what? 100% except for the hair is frozen from... as it is right now for me. <laughs> you know, if you're going to compare me to Carl from Up, I will take that. You know, there aren't... there. there it, that may not be a compliment, but you know what? I... I'll take it. I think You're it's my a Arjun Arjun is is awesome. Absolute masterpiece. That movie is a masterpiece. I love it. Um, if you want to reduce like middle-aged men to a puddle of tears, just show them the first 10 minutes of that movie and then walk away. Oh, yeah. I agree. Actually, it's the, the first 10 minutes get me bad, real bad. But it's the last 10 minutes that get me bad. And I'm not going to start talking about them because I can't afford to cry in our third episode. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, no, that's that's yeah. Well, no, I'm I I guess I was a little yeah. I you know I do enjoy it. It's part I I grew up with it. It's part of those things I enjoy, and um, uh, it doesn't matter what temperature it is outside. It's always delicious, and so um, but I think for me again, 
it's not the best soup at Disney. Um, actually, I think that one does go to, I think the Yak and Yeti soup is my favorite. Mm, I like but, that one too. But again, ambiance is, is central. And that's one of the reasons why I struggled even with sharing one of those things because ambiance to me, the food at Disney is good. It is not, it, overall, the food is not like the best food in the world but the ambiance is the best in the world. And that there is something to it. One of my favorite experiences, one of my favorite things is having mahi mahi fish at the, at the Coral Reef restaurant at the Living Seas in Epcot, because you can literally eat fish while looking at fish. Oh, that is, that's just both, taunting. It's I both, throw it's both interesting and sick at flag. Uh, Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. taunting. That is a 15 yard penalty a in a game misconduct. <laughs> But, you know, I, uh, you know, so like there are other places that, but ambiance sells it like, like to have, like it, it makes the food better because Disney invests in its ambiance. They invest in the music, the scenery, <laughs> the water in the tank next to you, whatever it is, they invest in that. And that makes the food taste better. Um and, you know, I, I like you, like, that's what you said, having your beignet in New Orleans Square adds even more to the taste of the beignet because you're, it's almost like you're in there at the lanai while you're on the beach, having your Dole Whip, the Dole Whip tastes better. It does. Because of the ambiance. Disney does ambiance very well and it makes the food even taste. It's interesting how Disney food tastes different. If you were to take away the ambiance, yeah, if I were to have any of these foods outside of it, I don't know if it would have the same flavor because ambiance is that added special ingredient that Disney adds to their food and uh, it makes the food even better. It makes that soup worth having in a hot Florida heat because you're having it in Hawaii. It's funny you say that, like during the early days of the pandemic, when the parks were closed, Disney put out recipes of a lot of their fitness items, including the beignets. I haven't been courageous enough to do it at home because mm. I bat about 350 trying things at home that I see on TV. That's a respectable average though. Yeah. In baseball, it's great. But uh, when you're trying to feed your family, uh, <laughs> it looks in their faces. And when you get that, that like that unified disappointment, <laughs> this is a meal that we, <laughs> Oh man, that, I thought we were saving the, the jar come. stuff for <laughs> Halloween. So like, I haven't been courageous enough to do the beignets at home, but maybe one day when they're all on like some sort of shopping trip, maybe I'll try it. And then I'll be like, they'll come home and I'll be like, guys, 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 I made beignets just like Disney World and they were delicious. And they'll be like, are there, are there more? And I'll say, no, I ate them all. Hmm. And, and, but if they're bad, uh, then I will test it on them. It'll be Matt Palmer's test kitchen. Oh my gosh! So um, one of the one of the items we did last week in the last episode was uh, what's making us happy at Disney this week, or what's happening what's happening in Disney that's making you happy this week. So for me, I just want to say I don't know if you all thought about this a little bit, but for me. Uh, one of the things that is making me happy this week is actually the family experience watching um, another Disney Plus show called The Mysterious Benedict Society. 
which is about a, a group of really smart, scrappy kids who get recruited to take on somebody who's doing something nefarious in the world. Um, it's based on a book, I believe, and um, really odd. It's a really off-kilter show. Um, it kind of feels like it was written by Raw Dahl, um, where, where the adults kind of are like weird and not necessarily acceptable, um, but the kids are always looking at the world through a prism of pure, pure heart and wanting to do something right. Uh, so for me, that's my recommendation. The Mysterious Benedict Society, all eight episodes of the first season are on Disney Plus right now. Neat. Neat. How about you guys? Do you guys have anything? Yeah. My um, cousin, older cousin, took his family, surprised his three children, uh, to, took his family to Disney this week. Um, actually, it was his wife that organized and planned the whole thing, as it usually ends up being. And so he got to go for the first time himself. And he got to see Disney for the very first time through his children's eyes. Awesome. Uh, and I thought that was spectacular. So I thought they came over for dinner right before they went. And I, you know, I talked him through th- some things and I thought for sure I was going to end up living vicariously through him. Like, oh, I can't wait to be in Disney. But I was just anxiously and excitedly awaiting their, the next Instagram p- pictures or stories of the children watching you know, things unfold. Um, and so I, I, I'm like, they, I think they, they got back today or whatever, but I'm waiting. I can't wait to hear the stories. I'm like so excited to see what these three kids and of course my cousin, um, you know, had to say, I was just, I don't know. The world felt a little better knowing that more people were experiencing the magic. So that wasn't what was making me happy. Awesome. That's great. One of the things that, uh, uh, so, uh, my wife has recently uh, started to uh, work on becoming a travel agent for Disney. Um, and so we're having conversations around the house about learning about Disney cruise lines and learning about adventures by Disney and things like that. Um, so, um, so perhaps one day uh, those who are listening to the podcast, if they're looking to book their next family vacation, they can call and contact us and we'll happy to set them up with something. But uh, we're just starting that process of kind of learning the ropes of what it means to, to be a Disney travel agent. Figure Does it, it mean might as well... podcast co-hosts get perks? You never know. You never know. You know, I and so- I believe Sarah is going to be amazing at this. I think Oh, she... yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I think that's one of the fun things is that, you know, you want- one of the things that I think why we enjoy this is we like to share the joy. And so when people are looking to like, that's one of the fun things we've always enjoyed doing is anytime we have a friend who's like, yeah, I'm thinking of going to Disney. Hey, can I talk to you for a second? Oh, well, for a second, you know, they're like, well, what ride should I, how does this work? What, what does it mean to, you know, what does, what do these terms mean? And, you know, uh, you have the correct people saying they're not, they're not employees, they're cast members. You're not a, you're not a visitor. You're a guest. Uh, st- on stage, off stage, on property, off property. What does that all mean? So sharing those kind of little tidbits and the joys that we get from it with other people is just something that we do naturally. So why not make a little bit of a business out of it? So um, I love so it. Kind of exploring that, and that's kind of a little bit of a joy. This is kind of like thinking about what could we do uh, and what can we share with others, and to kind of share that joy as they're about to embark on their next experience. That's sweet. That's awesome. 
Well, guys, this has been a fun episode, and I'm already looking forward to next week's. Um, we decided as a group that I think we want to discuss what everyone's favorite non-ride attraction is at Disney World. Um, and if I'm a betting man, I think I know Paul's. Ooh. I could be wrong. I mean, I didn't see soup coming. No, when I we say ride, the attraction cannot be moving? It cannot move. Okay. Um, yeah, it's it's a show. It's a like a exhibit. It's a it's a thing you sit and watch. All right, I've got it down to my top three. I'm ready. Right? Was that is that what you would say, Matt? Yeah. It, it, you cannot. It will not physically move you to another location. Perfect. Uh, and it, also, it doesn't go up or down. <laughs> i.e. tower of terror <laughs> yes yes exactly um <laughs> tower of terror is quite definitely a ride <laughs> oh yeah you know like arguably some people and i would say this just to be candid some people might say oh those are the boring things at the parks but they're also i think as a as a just as a preview for next week i think it's it's where disney imagineers kind of shine and take it beyond people's expectations. Totally agree. I already have mine. So when we excellent. Can... Well, Matt, you want to take us out? Yeah, absolutely, guys. It's been a great week, uh, a great episode. I'm really, uh, really excited about this discussion. I'm not excited about soup. Um, Paul tried his. I'm not excited darndest. about beignets. Okay. I am, Matt. I am. <laughs> all right, all right. We got to end this before it gets uncivil. Oh boy. Well, everybody, thanks for joining the podcast. This is episode three of This Happy Podcast. We'll see you real soon.